Welcome back to episode three. Three. Yes. Continuing our conversation about clientele. Mm-hmm. And now, how to keep them. Yes, because now that we've built them, I we mean, need to keep them you around. need to keep them around. Hopefully. That's, that's the goal, right? That's the goal. Um. So what do you think is your, like, number one, like, thing for your clients holding on to them? That, that doesn't make sense. Can we restart this? I feel like we were really awkward. No, I think you're fine. Oh, we'll get through it? We'll okay. get through it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think business-wise is definitely rebooking them. Yeah. Personal-wise is... I just, I honestly feel like your vibes have to match. Yeah. If your vibes don't match, it's a no-go. A no-go. It's mm-hmm. It was done before it even started. Yeah. True. Like pre-booking is my number one thing. Absolutely. I am the queen of pre-booking. Yep. I want you to book out as many appointments as you can when you leave. Yes. Um, not as many as you can, but I book out like 20 weeks on average and so that's what I recommend all my clients to book out to what my average turnaround time is. And I mean, it's just crawled up over the years, but I guess when we first started pre-booking, it's what, like one or two weeks out and people are like, oh, I'll just call. But as you get busier, those people realize like, oh no, I can't just call anymore. Like I've got to set aside those appointments. But I also think a big part of it too is like the confidence you step in with. Um, meaning like at the end of the service when like they love their hair and they're like high on life, Mm -hmm. right. Or they love their nails. Like that's your moment to be like, perfect. So let's set you up on a good plan now. So that way we have it, you set and you're good to go. And so even if you are only booking out a week or two weeks at that time, your confidence in telling them they need to pre-book is going to transcend and more than likely, they're going to follow suit and pre-book. Exactly. Because if they're sitting in your chair and you're like, okay, I recommend two weeks. And then they're like, okay, I'll call you in a week and a half to book. Right. They don't have that sense of urgency either. Because mm-hmm. if they are calling you or texting you in a week and a half to book and they can get in no problem, what's their motivation, your client's motivation to pre-book? So if you're like, listen, I always recommend two weeks. I have one or two appointment spots open and it's at this time or this time. Then they're kind of like, oh, shit, she's booking up. And then I would I always follow up. Well, do you want to book the one after that as well? That way you're guaranteed that evening time or weekend time, whatever it may be, because it creates a sense of urgency for your clients, too. Mm -hmm. And like, even for me personally, in my own life, like, I know if I don't have pre-booked appointments out for things, like, I'm not doing it. I mean, look at what happened. Well, I mean, when we came back from COVID also, too, we knew we were both running ragged, like, trying to get everybody back in. But the other part of that was I like our lives got so busy that I think it took us like three months for like us to do each other's hair and nails and get back on track for sure um so if I cancel then that's it like my pedicures you had to force me to (laughs) sit down finally and be like Demi because you used to stare at my toes and cringe yep and you used to be like don't look at my toes Uh well now I can't stop (laughs) yeah so like I look at that like even For me, like my personality, 
as much as like I need pre-booked stuff like my dermatologist I make my next appointment when I walk out the door I do that with doctors I mean let's be serious I'm not the best grown up but I do that like anytime I can because it holds me accountable because even if you have to reschedule you at least have something that's offering you the guideline of what that turnaround time is right and I like just talking from personal experience, I know that if I don't book my follow-up appointment, I'm not going to come. Like there's, I'm going to forget to call. I'm going to be like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, my toes look like crap or Mm -hmm. I really need a massage. Let me call. And then it's like another week or so to get in. And then I'm annoyed. Right. So it honestly just saves you a headache and your client a headache. And also that way you know, like as the service provider, what your schedule is going to what your like. schedule is going to be, what your potential income is going to be, which hopefully you know you're kind of you have a gauge of that. It gives you a better understanding of that because I know I always get anxiety when I look at my book and I'm like, why do I have this one hour gap or right. something like that? And especially when you're building, exactly. The way to fix that is to rebook your client before they even leave yeah i mean you want to go into work once you have the luxury of having you know a clientele built big or small if if that clientele exists of maybe a smaller capacity to begin with just knowing that you have an outline of your day where Mm -hmm. it's not like you're just unsure of what you're heading into is a big thing Yep. Um, and like, I think Bella's a great example, or the stylist that we have at, at the salon, because I think we've both kind of watched her grow into that herself. Yeah. And when she first started with us, her clients weren't really in the habit of pre-booking. Right. Um, which you and I are big sticklers for. So that was a big thing for her clients to transition into. And now look at Bella's booked on average four to six weeks out Mm -hmm. just, and that's talking about a year's time. So imagine what next year is going to bring for her. Exactly. Um, Hopefully she'll be at the point where she can't take new clients or something like that. Cause that's eventually the goal. Exactly. Where she has like a waitlist system or something like that and, and can go from there. Yeah. But I think consistency is a big thing too. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's hard sometimes in the beginning when you're learning to book yourself if you're independent or even if you're not and you're working in a salon where sometimes that can be difficult because you're relinquishing control and um, receptionists are an amazing tool, right? Mm -hmm. But then you put a lot of trust into a receptionist's hands and you are allowing them to decide how you're going to run timing-wise. And I know for me, I mean, I'm the first to admit it, I've done it to myself and I've experienced it while somebody else was booking for me previous to being self-employed overbooked, you know, you rush, you end up not consistently providing what you should when you do that. And you know what? I'm sure if we go back to the first beginning stages of being in the industry, there were maybe times that we weren't consistent and that we did maybe have a client or two drop off that we could have retained if we showed up, And we did what we needed to do the proper way. Exactly. For sure. And then I think another tool that, like, as a nail artist, that's really helped me is, I don't know if it's the same for you in hair, but, like, I book my clients, some of them, on standings. So, for example, if they want every two to three weeks and 
they like the same day, the same time. It's that same Saturday every two weeks at 9 a.m. Yeah. So to me, that helps because then I already know that that time slot is taken. And yeah. again, that when you're rebooking clients who aren't on standings, that can also help you gauge like what your availability is. You know, are your clients, can they go three weeks because you don't have anything in two weeks? So again, it's creating that block in your calendar that it's like, oh, sorry, that appointment's filled. And better organization. I think I could totally agree, but I I would have a little bit of a different perspective on that where maybe if I could go back and do something different, Mm -hmm. like my Saturdays are the biggest thing. My Saturdays and my late nights, right? Like that's always, I mean, I guess everybody's a standing appointment at this point since I'm not taking (laughs) new clients, but like my Saturdays and my late nights are crazy. And sometimes I'm squeezing other people in because all it takes is like one person coming in a week earlier because they're going out of town or maybe I'm going out of town, right? And so I've seen like sometimes my Saturdays, like I have certain people who want mornings. They can't always get mornings because of the amount of people that I have on that weekend slot, like or or the weekend day. Like it's in such high demand that like it kind of ends up not that it's not organized, but it's just not you. You can't assume that you're always going to have that nine o'clock spot. Exactly. Um, and maybe if I had stepped into it differently from the beginning, seeing where I am now, then I would have said no. Okay, um, one of my clients specifically loves like nine a.m. every five weeks. I would have started to set her up as a nine a.m. every five weeks if I knew now. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, if I knew then what I know now is what I was trying to say. Right. And it's all, I mean, it, I'm sure hair is different than nails, but I see most of my clients every two to three weeks. So it's a little bit easier, but still I don't just like you, I don't have that flexibility on Saturdays. You know, right. I have one client in particular now she's been asking me, I think for a year, cause she's mm-hmm. every two weeks on a Saturday at 1215. And she's like, if you can get me in like, earlier in the morning because 12 15 is kind of like in the middle of my day yeah you know it's hard to get here sometimes which I completely understand like human to human but I tell her I'm like listen those 9 and 10 a.m spots those people will die before they give up those time slots because it's the same thing I'm like yeah and she was like well what about evenings and I'm like girl you you are asking for the world and back. Like, I know. Those evening clients, they're not moving either because, right. you know. That's the spot. Like, And it's yeah. so funny. I have, like, the two opposites, right? Like, my evening clients specifically like evenings and not weekends because they don't want to spend their weekends here. Yeah. Um, and then I have my Saturday clients who don't want to come after work because they're exhausted and they don't want to come during the week. They yeah. want to have good hair for the weekend. Like, So you have almost like two different things too, but I feel the same way. Like those peak spots are protected. Like they won't give them up for anything. And that's like a key to rebooking because if you, if you're, if you're consistently rebooking, then you know what your schedule tentatively looks like. Right. And you can say, 
to those people who like either those Saturday spots or evening spots and you can just be like, listen, they're really filling up. If you want, I can go ahead and set you up on a standing and that way we lock in this Mm -hmm. day and time and you just know like clockwork, it's easier to get you in or if they go on vacation, it's, you know, we can swap it around or something like that. And I've just always found when I'm honest and transparent with with my clients about that, they're so appreciative because they're like, oh, thank you so much. Like I didn't. Yeah, even, they don't even sometimes they don't even know that that's an option. Right. And it, it like kind of relieves them of some stress, too. Yes. Um, and I think like sometimes it's scary. Like I was saying before, in the beginning, you're like. It's, like, kind of hard to believe in yourself, like, right. that much and have that much confidence to be, like, no, you should book standings with me because I'm going to be so busy soon, right? Like, right. We, uh, it's not normal that, like, you convince yourself of that. Maybe you're hoping to get there. I shouldn't say it's not normal. It'd be incredible if you have that mindset right. from the beginning. But I think a lot of us build that confidence over time. Um, but if you do that, and believe in yourself and and picture it as like almost like manifesting it but like yep. being in control enough to say like no I'm I'm going to get busy in this next year so book your standings kind of a big deal right <laughs> and I'm going to be bigger and bigger and no one can get in with me right <laughs> no kidding. like but I can see where it's a difficult thing to grasp when you're first entering in because you almost it's hard to picture getting right and to then that place. when you get there like I know for me it almost felt like it happened overnight because you're kind of hoping to get there and hoping to get there and then one day you look at your book and you're like holy shit I'm there yeah now what do I do yeah and you know it's just part of like owning it and like you said manifesting it like you will get there if you're right. providing a quality service, which is one thing that I think helps mm-hmm. with retaining clients. Like the quality has to be there, the yes. quality and consistency. Yeah. I mean, if I'm just going to be blunt, if you're doing a shit job, no one's going to come back to you. Yeah. And it is now, what it is. And with that being said, too, like we are all human. Of course. So there's going to be times that you may have an off day or make a mistake. Of um, We're not going to reference it today because we have a whole episode saved for client breakups. But some of those will lead to breakups, right? Right. Which is as gut-wrenching as a heartbreak breakup. It has to happen. Um, But but some of those are actually times where you are shown how loyal clients that you maybe didn't realize are. Because some will reach back out and give you that opportunity to fix it knowing that you maybe had an off day or something like that. So in those moments, that should be an even bigger wake-up call that, like, if they're reaching out and wanting you to fix it, like, that's your opportunity to show them that you do have consistency, that you did just have an off day and that's all it was. Exactly. Yeah. Or it could have not even been your fault. You know, like, maybe they were super white blonde and Mm -hmm. it's been six weeks since they've used a purple shampoo and they're seeing yellow in their hair. Right. You know, like it, it happens, you know, that's why, you know, client education is important and Mm -hmm. everything like that. But I think definitely you have to have a quality product that you're providing for your clients. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. But I think that client education, what you just touched on is, is 
a huge portion of it too. Um, I know that for me, you know, my consults are a little bit different structure wise now, but I've had the same clients now at least five years or more, right? So yeah, sometimes it's like, hey girl, it's not as formal. Um, but with that being said, like, it, it doesn't lack professionalism. I would never go mix a color before somebody arrives. That's one of the big things that I'm like so against ever since like I first started doing hair. Right. Um, I think that like for you to mix before somebody comes in is like, oh, so I don't even have a say, like this is just gonna happen. Um, but like, I think education starts in the consult because if somebody sits down, at least on the hair side, and they show you something that's just not reasonable, right? Mm -hmm. um, or possible in that day. So there's two actually maybe directions I could go with this. So in the first one, they show you a picture of somebody who's like icy white blonde. And right now she's a caramel balayage. And you're like, shit. Like, and I think in the beginning, of building you just want to say yes to everything like you just want to do anything and everything you want to make sure somebody's happy and that's it so when i say education starts with consultations um i mean that it's okay to educate your client in that moment and say no but have validity in the no so when they show you that picture and you say like that blonde is not happening today like listen to your gut instinct you're right it's not happening today yeah they have previous color on their hair and you know that it's going to take a few sittings to get them to that blonde if you explain it well and you educate them and you explain that by us doing it in a few sittings and spacing out your appointments and embracing each journey so right. each time you might be a little bit of a more golden blonde that next sitting then you're going to get a little bit lighter but probably not that clear clear icy and then that third sitting in you're at your peak blonde so if you walk them through why you walk them through protecting the health of their hair then you jump into the the product knowledge too and that's all happening throughout your consult before you even begin you've set their expectations reasonably so now you've built trust with them mm -hmm. a and b well guess what you just put them on a roadmap for you to retain them at least three more appointments well and not only that but now you've also shown them that a you care about the health of their hair Mm -hmm. B, you know what the hell you're talking about because you're like, okay, it's not possible in one sitting. Otherwise, you're going to leave here looking like Cynthia, the Barbie doll from Rugrats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's building, like you said, that trust and that rapport. And that's, you know, that's just value added to your service. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want that. Like I know with my clients – um, doing dry manicures when I first started doing them with the e-file it was you know they were they were like why are you using the drill on my nails and it was like okay I'm gonna stop you there I don't use a drill a drill is what you hang shelves with <laughs> I use an electric file and this is what we're doing and they were kind of like oh and I, you know, I educated them, like, it's not a scary thing. It shouldn't hurt. You shouldn't leave here, yeah. you know, mangled and everything like that. And it's actually better because you're not sitting in acetone and you're not 
over prepping your nail and all of these things. And now it's like they go to, you know, or they'll see a friend go to another chain salon and they're like, oh, girl, my friend went here and this is what they did to their nails and this is what I told them. And it's they take pride and they own that because it's not something that everyone may or may not know. So client education to me is like so important. Yeah, I totally agree. And you can take advantage of that time that they're sitting with you throughout the entire appointment. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about the heat on heat product, like mm-hmm. heat tools. Um, you talk about heat protectant. Like you can capture that time to go over certain things that again, just builds even more trust and rapport with them. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I think, too, like an example I would use, at least like knowing from sitting in your chair and getting my nails done is like, for instance, like building out like your nails or adding tips to your nails. You're a huge believer in letting your own natural nail grow back out. So Mm -hmm. when you break a nail, you're going to encourage, let's trim them down, blend them all to the same length and bring them back all together. You may add an extension here and there, but what I've learned is you're right. They end up being stronger in the long run when you do it that way. Um, And so I feel like I see all of your clients and I'm one of them too. So um, there's not anybody that doubts your expertise. Um, right. And same with your clients too. Like they, like that trust and, the, and that's what I meant by vibe too. Right. Like you vibe together. They trust you. Like, listen, I've had horrible haircuts. I've had horrible color and I literally sit in your chair and you're like, what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know. What are we doing? (laughs) Like very rarely do I give you input and you know, that's, it's trust and it's rapport and everything like that. So that's to me, that's invaluable. Yeah. And I do think that like with that being said, there is, um, maybe a standard of professionalism that not maybe a standard of professionalism that you need to make sure you're showing up and really perpetuating I suppose is the the way I would say it um it's so hard because like I don't think we're not professional now but once you've built such a comfortable relationship with clients that you've had for years it can seem a little more casual or silly Mm -hmm. in certain ways right especially once you build your dream clientele there i mean your dream clientele may be a little more professional than melissa and mine you know we enjoy kind of a little shit talking we enjoy laughing about silly things like that's what we've built now if you're somebody who's extremely particular about I mean, we're on top of cleanliness. It's not that we're not, but it's not something that like we have to talk about because it's just so effortlessly done because it's a part of our routines, each of us, especially post-COVID. I mean, disinfecting, um, it's... Yeah. Right. So (laughs) That's a whole episode um, on its own. (laughs) Right. So I think that like depending on what type of clientele that you capture, you have to maintain the level of professionalism that you showed them from the beginning um, and what their expectations were from the beginning and that you met them. So that's different from person to person. Um, 
I guess like the way that I would say and, and a really good example is like I we had somebody reach out who listens and she was talking to us about um, well technically she DM'd me but you know and then I brought it to you um, she had certain things about the way that she ran her lash business which were great it sounds like she's running an incredible lash business with the standards that she really you know, upkeeps and holds, um, even down to the choices of what she eats for lunch to be careful because she's in somebody's face and, you know, not wanting right onion breath to be slapping them in the eyeballs, right, (laughs) as she's putting on the lashes. Right. But those are all really great points, too, because, you know, I never even thought of that until she pointed that out. Like, it wasn't something that I don't get my lashes done, yeah. right? But no, neither do I, I but I, I can guess, imagine. Right, like, imagine if somebody, like, rolled in right after, like, I don't know, Greek food? Maybe Ooh. I love some Greek food. I do, too. All day, no every day. Hate, but the garlic and but, the yeah. hummus. And, right, ugh. it's got a little more, a little bit more of, like, a, a powerful... Yeah, more of a pungent odor to it. Right, anything with onion and garlic of and course, all of that, like, 100%. is going to hit yep. you a little different. Um, so, I mean, we used to work right next to It's All Greek to me. <laughs> I used to eat, like, Greek salads, like, four times a week. Um, I guess I probably could have gotten away with it a little bit more because... You're not in your client's face. Like, I know like, for me, especially post-COVID, yeah. um, you know, we're we're mask optional now, but mm-hmm. I always have worn a mask, like, during removal and prep because of the dust. But now I feel like... I'm so much more cognizant of my breath because right. it's been trapped for so long. Oh my gosh, like when you would mask. put that mask on after you eat lunch when we were going through yes. COVID, you're like, I am an animal. Yes. Like, <laughs> so now it's like every time I take my mask off, I pop gum because it's like, right. I know what that coffee breath smells like right. now. So, I mean, that was a great point that 100%. she made. Um, she was pretty, you know, not regimented in a bad way, regimented in, in a great way, right. breaking down what she has found works for her in capturing her clientele. Mm-hmm. And she talked about, you know, in her message, even the education aspect, talking to them about home care, all of those things. And she said that a lot of her clients had felt that that wasn't a conversation that she was, that they had ever experienced with other artists that they had gone to. So I think that's a really good example of somebody following their business plan through and knowing how to capture their dream clientele and retain them. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I... I stand by client education. Like, my clients can tell you, like, the importance of it and everything yeah. like that. They still won't use their cuticle oil. I know. Melissa just Bastards. posted a brilliant meme about it last week. <laughs> I don't even, I don't have cuticle oil anymore. Yes, you do. I, I give them to you every year as a holiday I gift. Know, I know. It's oh, usually... my clients know. They'll I be know. like, I don't know why my hands are so dry. And I'm just like, you need to use cuticle oil. I know. And they're like, oh. Uh, my favorite is when <laughs> Melissa posts my fingers and you just see my one middle finger callus that oh, just comes yeah. and hangs out in all of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I just cuticle oiled that bad boy, it would probably look good. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Not that it yeah. looks bad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bad. <laughs> Everyone has that callus. I know. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's the same thing. Like, they know that they shouldn't be 
you know, doing crazy things with their nails or if they break one and they were doing crazy things, they'll be like, it was me, not yeah. you. I was using them as a tool. Right. And it snapped off just like you mm-hmm. said it would. <laughs> and I think that great thing too is like now we're more connected to our clients. So yes. like they can reach out, they can ask questions about certain things. And I think that's great. Every single time mm-hmm. somebody reaches out with a question, like, it should be a huge compliment to you because they trust you and they're saying it right there and then because they're reaching out for your expertise at that moment. Exactly. Exactly. And then I think another thing is, like you said, just consistency. And I think that ties in with, you know, professionalism, like we were just saying, like, if you're always late, mm-hmm. you know, to for me personally, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it's like I was here on time and now you're 10 minutes late. So, yeah. you know, that's something that I look for. Right. Personally, when I'm doing a service is if I'm always, always five to 10 minutes early anywhere. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, I'm going to sit out in my car for nine minutes <laughs> because I'm early. Yeah, but then you're already there. Exactly. So you're not like at like a stoplight, like two yes. intersections away with like a bead of sweat forming on your forehead because you're like, fuck, I'm not going to get there until, I don't know, 2.02. I know. And then you got to walk in with your head down and be like, oh, I'm shameful. Yep. So yeah. I think just by being consistent yourself and like my clients know that nine times out of 10 I'm running on time for my day and if I'm running behind I'm going to communicate that with them I'll Mm -hmm. be like hey just send a quick text like hey I'm running five minutes behind just to let you know and they're like okay no problem yeah and like it turns into a mutual respect because if they're running late then they will let me know and it's you know, they walk in apologizing or something yeah. like that. And same thing, if I text them that I'm running, you know, five or 10 minutes late with, as soon as they sit down, like I apologize to them too, mm-hmm. even whether it was my fault or the previous client or yeah, it, late, doesn't, it doesn't, right. to me, it doesn't matter Yeah, because that's their time yeah. and their time is just as valuable as my time. And like, you know, in that moment of them stressing to get to you on time, um, maybe that text message coming through to them, they breathe a little easier driving, knowing that maybe they were two minutes late and they felt horrible, but now they're like, oh, thank God. Exactly. Because, you know. But having, I mean, I think timing is most important, like to me personally, mm-hmm. um, I, I know that there are some of my clients who are always five minutes late. Yeah. And it's kind of factored into their appointment. Um, but if they're not, like, letting me know, like, I just personally find that is rude because I always make it a point to reach out yeah. to my clients. Yeah. Or if I didn't reach out because, you know, I was talking with another client and we were, you know, having a good time while I'm doing their nails and I lost track of time, I as soon as they walk in the door, I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm running, like, five minutes late. Yeah. Because yeah. that does like, happen. We're all human, like you had said. Right. Like, and, and that's a that's a big tricky thing sometimes for me and Mm -hmm. the way that I book um you know I I can have three to four people here at a time processing rinsing depending on who's getting finishes who's not um and sometimes a toner needs to sit longer than I originally planned for right um sometimes it doesn't like it it's so dependent uh and a lot of my style of work is 
is a little bit more project driven, you know, depending, unless we're not changing. So we're just maintaining. Right. But, you know, some of my balayage girls, like those small changes, while I have you booked out for the same amount of time, it could change your processing time. Right. Mm -hmm. So then maybe I will have to run behind. So in those moments where I know I'm going to run behind, I try my hardest to make it work the best that I can. So I may make the decision. And again, honesty is a great thing in this moment where it's like, listen, you needed to process a little bit longer than I was expecting. Um, your hair moved a little slower today or whatever it may be. We're going to do a conditioning treatment after we rinse you because I've got to get color on my other client before we do your blow dry. Right. Um, and then that's kind of nice too. So it doesn't leave them in the dark because it's easy. And I'm the first one to say that that I've done it where you're like tunnel vision head down panicked already because you're in the weeds and you may skip over those important steps of talking and to your clients and informing them about their visit and it's such a difference when you do explain yes and then they realize there's no malicious intent behind it either if you do make a mistake like I said we're all human but if you're transparent about it I think that leads you to more respect also exactly and i think consistency circles back to your energy too like yeah. i'm a big believer in that also um you know i i barely called out of work <laughs> i'm ever i think i had like one sick day or like two sick days when i worked at um the previous salon i was at and now that i'm on my own same thing like I mean of course like COVID we had to be careful if you were ever sick right it was just the un of course it always should have been like that but I think previous to COVID we maybe pushed ourselves if it was just a cold to maybe come exactly. in or something like that um but that's a little different than what I'm talking about I'm talking about personality and energy like it's okay we're human you have an off day but at the same time I'm a firm believer that you leave certain bullshit at the door if you can't comfortably talk about it and make it a part of your conversation. Um, meaning, like, if you have something stressful going on in your life, I look at it where, but I'm a very open person, especially, like, with my clients. I look at it in a way that I if it's really tugging on my mind, let's talk about it like during our service together. Right. And make it like a conversation where we feel comfortable and everybody's like kind of giving feedback and it's a little bit of a vent session. I think that's so important in comparison to like walking in and having something bother you so you have a chip on your shoulder all day. Yeah. Like that creates an uncomfortable air that like your clients have to absorb and it's not their job to absorb. Yeah. And it goes vice versa too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally, when dealing with like a new client, I shouldn't say dealing with, but when I'm, when I have a new client, mm -hmm. you know, I want somebody who's going to carry a conversation who he, who we can laugh with, joke right. with, who will, you know, have a back and forth. Um, so I, I always used to give them three opportunities. Like yeah. I would try to start a conversation three times. And if by the third time it's just not landing, not there and yeah. it's yes or no answers and mm -hmm. stuff like that, like we are not going to vibe. Right. And, you know, if I'm going to be spending an hour plus time with you, I want to vibe. Absolutely. Like don't sit there on your phone the whole time. Yeah. You know, 
There are other places that you can go if you want to do that. It's just, it's not with me. And, you know, I've learned that over the years before when I was first, you know, in the nail industry and building. And when I first went independent, I think that I tolerated tolerated it a little bit more because I just needed clients. Yeah. But where I am now, no. Yeah. Like, we're not... We're not going to fit. Like, I had a new client, I don't know, like a little over a year ago. And she came in. She set her laptop on my desk and was in a meeting the whole time. First time I had ever met her. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, this is not. It made you uncomfortable. Right. And I think, like, that's, that almost, like, goes back to, like, what we're t- like it's a good experience in a way to yes. experience because imagine if it was like the opposite like I remember I would work like by somebody that like um would sometimes like pick up their phone like while they were working mm-hmm. and I was like whoa like so imagine like your first time client <laughs> right and <laughs> you're like halfway through a blowout and you're like oh hold on I gotta get this like, it's almost like the same thing right, as awkward. what you experienced on the opposite side. And I think anybody in that moment, well, maybe not anybody, but most people in that moment are going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's sometimes good for us to have those lessons where we're maybe not treated the way that we would prefer to be treated as humans first and as service yep. providers second. Um Because it makes you better at mutual respect, too. Of course. And it makes you realize, well, if you don't enjoy that, that's definitely not something I should be doing on the opposite side. Right. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine answering my phone. Yeah. Unless it's like, okay, so my husband rarely calls me at work because he mm-hmm. knows what I'm doing. But usually in the evenings when he's on his way home from work, he will give me a call like, hey, I'm on my way home. Do you need anything? Anything like that. Yeah. And if it, so if it's him at any point, I always just say, I'm so sorry. Let me answer this. It's my husband really quick. It's probably nothing. But yeah. Just in case. Or, you know, if something's going on at the house or scheduling appointments, I always make sure to let my clients know in advance. Like, hey, right. I, might, I might be having a phone call, so I might have to jump off. Like, I know they're I had a vet phone call one day, and I'm yeah. like, I'm so sorry, I have to answer yeah, this. Yeah, of course. Like, emergencies happen. Like, right. when we were going through the whole legal drama, um, there were certain days where, like, Julian was able to do only so much because we weren't married yet either when I first started the legal battle that I was kind of facing. <laughs> um, so I remember specifically, like, one day I had to bring my headphones in because I was expecting a few callbacks from people who had reviewed my contract. And I had to explain to my clients that day what was going on. And I was apologetic. And I said, you know, this isn't the norm. And it it most likely won't happen again. And I had to be a little transparent about what I was dealing with in that moment. And I think that's what I mean about, like, you can have an off day, but it's a or you can be dealing with something that may spill over into work, but it's about the way you approach it. Like, I think privacy is totally fine. I'm not saying everybody has to be as open as me and not, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, be talking about all the things I talk about. But um, I just think that if you're going to come in with maybe like a weird toot or like a chip on your shoulder where it's 
present enough for people to see that could be a little off-putting like yes um and i don't if you don't want to be treated like that your client doesn't want to be treated like that either and even if i loved my hair or my nails getting up i might be like oh right like, and that goes back into a consistency thing mm-hmm. too are you consistently like that yeah or are you not so, yeah i mean in consistent consistency can go both ways too like the salon that i was at before i went independent was a consistently i'm toxic environment in my opinion which is why i left like as soon as somebody's client got up and walked out the girls were all shit talking which like comment yeah which that's a consistency that i don't like right but you know, some people may that. like that. And, yeah. and that's fine. I just don't like it. My right. clients didn't enjoy it, hence why I went, you know, separate ways. But it's just, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I've kind of forced my clients to get into discussing Love is Blind season two. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but it, it really, but, like, is, it, it like, like, this topic, topic is so broad because yes. it's, all based off of your personality and who you attract based off of right. your personality. Um, if you sit down and you're like, oh my God, like I can't stand my clients, right? Then you probably have to look in the mirror. Yeah. Like while there may be a, a little bit of a difficult personality or human here and there that you come in contact with, if collectively as a whole, your clientele is difficult and you're dreading the days you go in, it's not them. Yeah. It's you. Right. Because you've now chosen based off of kind of the way you were to open the door to bad behavior um and you attract what you put out i'm not saying necessarily that makes you an asshole but you maybe were not the best at um advocating for yourself or standing up and that created or maybe you've grown right and and you've changed yeah since you started right and i think that it's totally okay to have like an awakening and be like wait a minute this isn't the direction i want to go right because yeah like using that example like the salon i was at it it was good until it wasn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't as consistently negative in the beginning but that salon evolved to be consistently negative negative for me yeah and i chose to step away from it because it just didn't make sense because i had grown i realized i was going in a different direction and that's not what i wanted to be around and that wasn't the clientele that i wanted because Mm -hmm. if one person gets up pays and leaves and you turn around and talk shit well, what are you doing when I leave? Right. Like, I don't want to be around people who are going to talk shit to me Mm -hmm. or about me behind my back. Absolutely. So I grew and evolved in a different direction, and that's Mm -hmm. perfectly fine. And if you're finding that your clients are not growing with you, then... It's time to readjust. Readjust, reevaluate, which we will get into, as you said. <laughs> yeah, I feel How like we, we like we keep dipping our toes into like all the topics today a little bit. It's coming, like, guys. It's I coming. Know. Like I think it's so hard because I I look at retention and retention. I think the biggest thing is what we talked about in the very beginning is the pre-booking, but everything else like really does depend on that too. Right. Um and 
with that being said, like, I think we even still are constantly learning about things we could change with, like, our retention. I think there's even things that, like, despite not taking new clients and, um, you know, booking out to the date that I'm booking out, I'm doing a big restructuring for, like, organization for myself because I feel like I did let it get a little too far. Not that any of my clients are upsetting me, and that's not what I'm saying, but meaning I probably got a little too free with it like yeah yeah, like a little too you know hippy dippy and I had to say hold on I need to restructure and kind of replant myself on the ground a little bit right so could this restructure bring maybe some people that make the decision to jump ship very much potentially so um, but this restructure is something that I've prioritized for myself for this year because it's what my dream business plan is too right and so i think that's a a key thing with like your clientele is constantly evolving with you yeah um or they're not or they're not to be honest like i know my clientele pretty well and they're extremely supportive and incredible so I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, my God, Demi, you're so annoying to organize more. Um, I think they're going to probably be like, it's about time you put on a bra and you started to act like a grown up. <laughs> no. But, um, you know, I think that that's like an example of like we're constantly still learning new tricks and and trades and well, not trades, but tricks in, in our trades to yeah, retain and course. to keep clients happy. And you know what? Sometimes it takes somebody breaking up with you to realize maybe you've let it go to a place that isn't consistent with what you want for your business goals. Right. Um, I think that both of us could agree that like when a breakup comes or somebody's not happy with the product that we're providing, um, I never want to have a breakup, but there's also this like clarity on the other side of it mm-hmm. that shakes you into being like, get your fucking shit together. Yeah, um, for sure. Because like, yes, like one person breaking up with you doesn't mean you're losing your whole clientele. But if that doesn't say I need to sit down and make sure this isn't a mistake I'm making overall or um Am I not showing up consistently the way I used to? Is there things I could have done different to retain this client? Yeah. And you have to use that as a teaching, like a teachable moment for yourself to make sure you are consistent. Like, don't just motherfuck that person because they left you. Sit in those moments of uncomfortable and pull apart that. There may be times at the end of the day, it's just an aspect of them moving on, you know? Yeah. But there also may be aspects where you're like, you know what? I could have done something different. I could have done something different, and I probably could have kept them as a client. Yeah. And I didn't listen to X, Y, and Z, or I did listen, but I didn't prioritize such and such the way I needed to, whatever that is, you know? You have to find what's what works for you. I know for me personally, since being independent, I think it's like four years now, mm-hmm. I've gone through three different online booking systems. Yeah. Um, and I think I finally found the one that fit for me, that fits right for me. I like it. My clients like it. It's easy. It's whatever. Yeah. But I remember when I first implemented online booking Yeah. to where clients could book themselves, it was... Like, I'm very type A, and Mm -hmm. I like to have full control over everything. Yeah. 
but it was getting so overwhelming in my business that it was just, it was time to relinquish some of it. So what I did is I allowed clients to book online for themselves, which is good. It helps me. And then if there's a problem or they can't find an appointment, then they reach out to me. So literally the messaging on my end was decreased by like half, which was glorious. And it worked for me. Yeah. So I think sometimes you have to let go of like that type of control. Yeah. The control a little bit. Like I don't do online booking, but it's a little different for me because I hair, I feel. Yeah. Like it's, 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 but some people have mastered it. So like, especially people who work on like an hourly type Mm -hmm. um, of situation, it, they can offer that online booking nine times out of 10 because, well, maybe like seven times out of 10. But, and it's really like, if they've already become a client of theirs, like right. then maybe, I don't know, a, a foilage and a cut and blow would be a three-hour time slot. And they know that because it's a maintenance appointment and can pre-book it. Right. Um, so I think there are definitely opportunities, depending on what your business goal is in the hair world, that you could for sure incorporate online booking into it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, it just doesn't work because of the type of book I have. Right. But that doesn't mean that it's not convenient for other people. And it also is based off of like the specialties you do. Like yeah. if you're more of a styling um, stylist, meaning you blow dry and you cut and you style and that's more of your focus than maybe color is, I think even more you could for sure offer online booking, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. But with that being said, I, I think online booking is a great tool to retain clients, but make sure you have your same policies with your online booking that you have in real life. Because if you give more allowance for bad behavior online where they book a spot, then they remove it. They book two spots and they decide which one they want to hold on to. Um, Then you aren't in control. There is the possibility of having online booking, helping that, that helping you retain clients, but still having control in a way too, because you still are saying, well, hold on. I know what's going on. So like they're not running your book still. They're just booking a service. With exactly. You. And I've had a few cases in that instance, but you know what? I nipped them in the bud. And right. my thing with that is, you know, that also goes into boundaries, right? which again, we will get into <laughs> much more detail. I know. But, um, you know, you just have to set that up front or when you see that it's becoming a problem, like nip it in the bud right away. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, let it build up to a place yeah. where it like just becomes something that it doesn't need to be. And I think control. that's like, <laughs> that's a big thing for me sometimes. Uh, I love to avoid conflict until yep. like the bitter end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also like, I don't deal with like a disrespect on a daily basis so like uh maybe that's why when I do have some sort of conflict I just avoid anything and everything to to not deal with it but that's not really a great trait to have in our industry yeah um and that's something that I'm constantly working on because you have to be able to stop things before it gets out of control Mm -hmm. and that's where organization comes back into it too because if you are watching like online booking for in my opinion isn't you just 
pull the parachute and let them run it for you. Yeah, no, Online definitely. booking means you have to still be consistently checking your schedule and making sure there's no issues because you can't turn around and be like, well, you booked blah, blah, blah when they come in that day. You, if you've seen that person before, you know that they're not an all over color and they book an all over color, but they're really a full foil placement and it's baby lights and it takes you, I don't know, an hour and a half to two hours for the placement you need to put in their hair. Don't sit there and be petty and wait for them to come in and then hit them with like, well, you booked an all over color, right? Exactly. See that mistake when it's being booked on the online booking and reach out and say, hey, I know that we normally do X, Y, and Z on your hair. I noticed that you booked this. You know, that's not really the same service. Are you looking to change or something like that? Um and that also circles back to client education. Right. Because if your clients know what they're getting, like they right. know what product or what service they get on their hair, nails, right. lashes, skin, I don't care what it is, then they'll be like, oh shit, I didn't realize I messed that up. Let exactly. me go back and fix it. And, and fix. then you can just be like, no, I'll take care of it. You know, yeah. don't worry about it. Um, I can't, I either can change it and keep the same time or maybe we need to bump you up or bump you down whatever right. your timing in your book is so like really it all kind of goes hand in hand mm -hmm. to retain no, them most definitely um and you know you constantly have to you you have to show up like i feel yeah. like that's my biggest thing like I say it to any of the girls who are starting. I mean, we've yet to have a guy, but guys are welcome too. I don't want everybody to think like, we're like, no dicks allowed in here. Um, but I think- They clearly have not heard one of our conversations. Right. Um, like, I think I, that's my big thing is I look at it when you enter into work, there's not, there's no time for bullshit. Like nope. you have to get in and you have to bust your ass if you have certain goals in mind for yourself mm -hmm. and in turn that attracts the same type of people that are going to support your goals. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, that's what we all want. Yeah. Because otherwise we're sitting in a chair doing your own nails or playing with someone's hair or mannequin head. Exactly. <laughs> You're not making money. I know. So lesson learned today is... Retain those clients, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so as always, you can find us on Instagram at the Beauty Beast Podcast. Uh, we just actually shared an incredible reel of uh, <laughs> Juju because he hit the uh, tequila a little hard last night when oh, we were yeah. with our friends. Um, he is regretting agreeing to be our producer <laughs> yeah. at the moment. <laughs> um, and if you have any questions at all, me and Melissa are always here. Um, my Instagram is Demi Miller Montoya. And Melissa's is Nails by MLH. Uh, you can always shoot us a question, ask us on there. Um, and if there's anything that you want to give us feedback on, we're always here to listen to. Yes. And as always, make sure to rate and review our podcast. It helps us grow and expand our community. Yes. Booyah. All right. Until next time. <laughs>